Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app Providence Community from your phone's app store or visit our website at providencecommunity.org. All right, guys, we doing okay? We doing okay out there? All right. Yeah. Um, it's good to be with you all this morning. Um, looking forward to what God wants to do. I want to speak into this. Um, as God is taking us to new territory, it's not always comfy, all right? Uh, and so uh, I know my son is, he's on the front row. Ethan, I, I do this to you all the time. Just stand up. He's just 13. Just look at the size of him. He's seven foot nine, all right? He's seven foot nine. There he is. It, uh, you get growing pains when you grow rapidly. And, uh, and so I just want to speak in, in this moment uh, some of what you're feeling. Um, it, it's, not, it's not wrong. It's just discomfort because you're growing. Okay, um, and so want to uh, want to just call that out in you. It's actually a good thing. Some of your discomfort feel bad. Very good. All right, you got that? No one did. All right, Jesus, I leave that with you and them. Okay. Hey, um, I want to share with you something in my heart this morning um, that um, that as I was praying that I, I've had this on my heart for a few weeks, and I just be- believe that this morning is the morning to release this. And uh, it is a, uh, I want to talk about a kingdom principle this morning. Uh, it's a kingdom principle of sowing and reaping. Have you heard of this? Anybody? I heard a kingdom principle of sowing and reaping. And I want to say right from the start that uh, this principle is not just about finances, but it does include finances. And uh, we're not going to be asking for another offering. You already gave that. That's between you and God. But I want to speak this morning into a kingdom principle of sowing and reaping. And I want to speak with fearlessness and with no apology. Um, I think that oh, what has happened in the past when I've talked about finances, people have blown me up on social, and I'm not angry about that. I think that's just evidence that there's bondage in this area, and God wants to pull it down. Anybody with me? Right? Um, I think I'm at the place now where I'm willing to take the flack if that means your freedom. Do you hear this? So I don't want to rob from us, this Providence family, a blessing. I want to give you a blessing, and we're going to have to wrestle with some of this. I think some of, the, uh, some of the reality is when you're, uh, when you're living in this world, and this world is quite strange, and most places don't remind me of heaven. How about you, right? You go to Walmart on, on Black Friday. I didn't, all right, because it's, it's not like heaven, okay? Um, there's, what happens is when heavenly principles begin to invade earth, they seem so strange that often they're resisted. Um, Julie was talking about the Compassion Project uh, last, last week. I think it was last, uh, whenever it was, uh, days ago. And I remember I kind of led a charge with a a team where we met uh, at a a spot that God had put on my heart in Hanover. And we had, I don't know, 15 turkeys (laughs) walking the streets of Hanover at night. Uh, At least turkeys can be used as weapons, you know. Uh, And uh, we're walking the streets of Hanover. And I remember the first people that I came up to were were two guys uh, uh, hanging out in their front yard. And uh, they they looked like they'd kind of had a bad day. Um, They were, uh, they're just hanging. They, they were, the, the words coming out of their mouth didn't remind me of heaven, but I walked up to them and I said, hey guys, who here needs a turkey? <laughs> and they're like, what? I said, yeah. I said, we are, uh, you know, a group of us just really felt led by God to bring some turkeys to this area just to bless your community. And they're like, I found out quickly they're Californian. They're like, dude, <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I'm not kidding you at all. I think God, God loves this street. 
Uh, he just wants you to know that uh, you're seen. He's like, wow, that is the coolest thing. And I'm like, so do you need a turkey? And he gave a, an excuse about how he's going to Thanksgiving with his, at his girlfriend's house, and they already had a turkey. But keep trying down the street. And everybody's house that we knocked on, we tried to give them a turkey. It was, it's not that they didn't need them. It was just very, very strange, right? Do you get that? I remember one time when Providence first started, it was a, a Dutch day in Hanover. It was like 103 degrees. We were handing out water. Nobody would take it, right? No one would take the water. I'm like, what's up with Hanoverians? We're, we're trying to bless you. This is strange because it's a kingdom principle that's not normal in the world that we live in, right? Um, we kept pressing in with the turkeys at the Compassion Project, and God led us to this one house, House 9, <laughs> on this street, where we found a mom with three girls. And we said, you want a turkey? She broke. And uh, she not only let us uh, have a turkey, but she let us uh, give her a turkey, but she let us bless her with an entire meal. And then multiple of us went back the next day and brought her stuff. We're uh, partnering with Love Lives to get her a brand-new dryer, and, uh, and we just got to spend Jesus into her. Listen, it is, it may not be normal, but it is good. Amen. Amen. Is this good? It's, this is, there's principles that we have to operate in and there will be some kickback, but we have to keep planting seeds. We have to keep uh, pressing in. And I want to talk about that this morning, this kingdom principle of sowing and reaping. It is a principle that is expansive and specific all at the same time, sowing and reaping. When I first moved to, uh, to, to Hanover, I remember people would talk, and these are true Hanoverians, people that are born and bred. Uh, I remember people talking about um, this restaurant called the Famous Hot Wiener. Anybody ever been there? All right. <laughs> you know, if you're not from here, you don't go there because, because you know, you're, you're, you're smart and you don't want to poison your body, right? Uh, but uh, in Hanover, it is unthinkable to think that you would not pattern your week after this restaurant. And I, it's, it's the kind of thing, I'm kind of being silly here, but it's the kind of thing that if somebody says, hey, you've been to the famous lately? And you say, no, I hate that place. <laughs> that like the music stops and everybody turns and stares. You know what I'm saying? It's that kind of thing. There's some things that are cultural norms in, in the earth. And it is, it is, it is crazy when you, begin to, when you begin to push against those things. Are you getting that? All right? Hanoverians don't understand Marylanders. All right? They don't get that. You're not from here. And the world doesn't understand kingdom culture. The culture of heaven. Heaven doesn't get that. I think that what has happened, though, guys, is we have become so used to operating worldly uh, culture, worldly customs, that kingdom principles do sound weird. Now, the Bible is... is uh, it's full of these principles, and I want to highlight a few. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Then put your finger in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. And then go to the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 11, starting with verse 24. And I just want to, I want to read some of this to you and let it soak into your heart. Okay, listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Paul is saying this, and Paul is, and, and here this is in the context where Paul is, is speci- uh, uh, speaking of financial things. He is asking for a gift from the church, a financial one, okay? And he says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. 
Each one must give as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I want to be very clear here. When the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, uh, this is not religion where God loves, loves you because you give. He always loves you. He's just so stoked when you give hilariously. Okay, you get this? But this is a kingdom principle of of sowing and reaping. Look at Galatians chapter 6, 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. See this? Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians, here's the point. It's the kingdom principle. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That's the point. And here in Galatians, Paul is saying, don't be deceived at this point. I know it's not going to sound right. It's not going to sound normal. I know in our lives, you take all you've got and you protect it from the world because we need to take care of our own. But in the kingdom, you do the opposite, and it's strange. But Paul says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. In other words, he keeps his promises. He's not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh. Now we're not talking about finances. We're talking about life. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit, will reap from the Spirit eternal life. This is the kingdom principle. Don't be deceived. This is a promise that God will not be mocked on. He will keep his promises. And one of his promises is this. Here's how I've constructed the world. What you sow, you reap. Proverbs 11. Let's go Old Testament, okay? Let's go Old Testament because this is throughout scriptures. Listen to this one. This is, this is a passage that has fought from my heart many times, uh, many, many times. Proverbs chapter 11, starting with verse 24 and then 25 and then skipping a few and going to 28. says this, one gives freely. Watch this. One gives freely. That's the seed, giving, generosity. One gives freely, not, not holding on for themselves. One just gives Freely, no strings attached, yet grows all the richer. What? Did it say that way? I thought that was just for TV preachers. <laughs> that's, that's silly. No, 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 no. It couldn't be Bible, but it is, okay? Uh, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give. Hey, do you see this? What he should give, he doesn't. He withholds, and here's the reaping of that, and only suffers want. This is strange. Man, this is such a quiet Sunday. <laughs> uh, this, uh, one, wait, is it strange that when you give, when you let go of what you own, blessing comes, but when you hold on to what you own, like you suffer want? Does that make any sense in a worldly mentality? Not really, but this is a kingdom principle. Do you see this? Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and, and one who waters will himself be watered. This is the ESV's rendering of this. The NIV actually says the one who, ref uh, one who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. It's the idea of taking all you've got and dumping it on somebody else. And what the Bible says, here's, here's what God is not mocked on. When you live that kind of life, it comes back, except this time from God, bigger and better than when you released it. When you skip to verse 28, listen to this. Whoever trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. I was going to hold this off till later, but I've got to say it now. Uh, finances 
are a great tool, horrible treasure. Finances are, are a great weapon in kingdom hands. Horrible God. Finances are, are, are great to advance the kingdom when they're not loved, but they're a horrible trust. And you, see, you can see where the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And many of us, we are dying on the inside because we, our heart is not in alignment with a kingdom principle. We're going after what the world has to give when we need to go after what Jesus does. And the Bible says when, when your main priority is, Jesus, I want everything that you've got for me, I'm not trusting in riches, they're a tool, you're my treasure, well, that righteous expression is going to bring a flourishing like a green leaf. I want to be like a leaf, my friends. Now, some of you are hearing me talk about sowing and reaping, and you're like, what is that? Is that like what grandma used to do in her chair? Like she used to like sew things? And I would get stuff at Christmas because of what she sewed? Reaping, is that, I've heard that before, but is that a band? <laughs> Listen, we, we, don't, we don't talk about sowing and reaping because our culture doesn't hang on agriculture like it did in Jesus' day. Back in Jesus' day, you don't need to define and explain what sowing is because it's not something you do with yarn. Everybody knows that unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew that you take one single seed and you put it in the ground and you care for it and you water it at just the right place, at just the right season. That seed, the purpose of it is to grow and produce harvest. And so sowing is planting and reaping is harvesting. And nobody these days, I know one of my favorite people at this church, you're not supposed to have favorites, but how can, you, how can John Ilias not be your favorite? You know what I'm saying, right? Like he knows very, very well as, as a farmer that you sow, that means you plant, then you reap a harvest, and nobody gets on a farmer's case for how, how, you know, how rude are you? How you know, possessive are you? How crazy are you? You're planting all these seeds, wanting all of this fruit, wanting all of this corn. No, no, that's what it's for, friends. You're supposed to plant, and you're supposed to plant it not just for the action of planting, but for the fruit of the seed when it dies and grows. Sowing is planting, reaping is harvesting the fruit of the planted seed. So we don't understand agricultural concepts because our livelihoods don't depend on agriculture so much today, right? So I don't plant seeds at my house. We do have some seeds. I, I have planted multiple trees in our yard, but I went to Lowe's for the most part or a, your friendly neighborhood garden center, right? Uh, shop, you know, a small business, right? You did that a little bit. And, uh, and I planted what was already growing from a seed in my yard, and it's different. And this day, though, like if, if your seed that you planted doesn't die and produce fruit, you don't eat. You don't eat. And so this is, so the, the scriptures are taking this concept and they're saying this kingdom concept of sowing and reaping, whether you plant your food and eat the crop or not, you've got to get this in a spiritual sense or you're not going to be eating in a spiritual way. You hear this? So the, the culture in Jesus' day, do you get this? 
that the culture in Jesus' day had a deep understanding of sowing and reaping because many of them were farmers. Their lives depended on it. In fact, it's not only that. Their whole calendars revolved around the seasons of planting and harvest. And the the heavenly inspired celebrations that God gave Israel to celebrate were celebrating harvest. Harvest. God wanted bumper crops, bountiful harvest, a return for all of their labor. Sowing and reaping. It's a kingdom principle. So today, if, you know, at Thanksgiving dinner, I doubt anybody harvested the turkey, you know, uh, in the borough of Hanover, right? Uh, or planted, uh, you know, the, the, the taters in their backyard, harvested them, right? We, ju- we just go to Giant. Or if you're a Christian, you, you go to, uh, what is it, the, the grocery outlet, all right? Amen? Yeah, you should shop there, I'm telling you. Save you a lot of money uh, that you can then seed, you see. Um, but so this is a kingdom principle. Here, listen to this. The kingdom principle is you sow seed, you reap a harvest from that seed. Am I being clear enough? All right? Kingdom principle, you sow seed, you reap a harvest from that, that seed. Now, Galatians chapter 6 is, is really interesting because I've, I've uh, heard Galatians 6 kind of used to scare people. And it's actually supposed to be a passage used to ignite people, okay? But do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And we say that you reap what you sow, boy. <laughs> When something bad is happening, you reap what you sow, right? And you do. But this passage is supposed to be a flame in our hearts. Heavenly Father, I believe that you've got a bumper future for me, so you're calling me now to plant seeds to the Spirit, not to the flesh. So even though I'm 20, when I'm 40, I'm going to be operating in bounty. I'm going to be a man that I never dreamed of being. This is the kingdom principle. And it's interesting to me that even though the Bible is very clear, don't be deceived, God is not mocked, whatever one sows, that will he also reap. It is, it is it's strange enough of a principle that many of us are confused on why, let's, let's have a few blanks here, and let me just fill in a few of these blanks, why maybe our marriage is rough, right? We, we love to, here's how the world thinks, um, the world thinks just like uh, Adam and Eve did, it's my wife's fault. It's my husband's fault. God, it's your fault for giving me this husband. God, it's your fault for giving me this wife. Never should have married him. All these things. Listen, write worldly over that. In a kingdom uh, perspective, um, actually, it was, it, it, could you play the keys? It's so quiet in here, I'm getting freaked out. All right? So the, uh, in a kingdom perspective, because when we're, I know that we're, we're mulling on this. But I, we, we, ha- we have to kind of join with heaven a little bit. Jesus is excited about us getting this. And so I, I, want, I want Victor kind of to share some of that. Don't go crazy back there, Victor, because I still need to think. All right. So, but, so many of us were confused on why our marriage is horrible. L- let, me, let me introduce one option, okay, one thought. And maybe it's that for a few deca- decades you sowed seeds of bitterness. You sowed seeds of discontent. You sowed seeds of discouragement. You sowed seeds of distrust. You sowed seeds of annoyance. And now you're just harvesting them. Why, why hasn't it got, not gotten any better? Because the kingdom principle is, no matter how you feel, you sow seeds of love. You sow seeds of respect. 
What kind of marriage do you want to have in 20 years? That's the seeds that you plant right now. You plant those seeds right now. Harvest later as God cooks you and as you wait. So we're confused. Why is this horrible? I'm I'm confused. Hey, let let me get get home a little bit. I'm confused on why I just can't really connect at Providence. I'm confused. It's like the staff's not nice enough. You know, it's just like there's nothing to do here. And maybe it's because you come late and leave early. I just want to state the obvious. If you want to connect here, come early. Help us set up because we serve around this place. And then don't, uh, don't. You know, bust for, you know, we don't, do we have an Applebee's around here? Is it just everything revolve around Panera? Is it, what is it? It's just like, don't just bust for the next place. Like, you've got to sow seeds of connection. Okay? This is how family works. <clears throat> in a family, you, you shouldn't be bitter at mom and dad when you lock yourself in your room all day long. Okay? This is how family works. Do you see this? This is how it is. You sow, you, you sow seeds. You, you will harvest what you plant. You will reap what you sow. Feeling detached. Well, come to church more than once every three months. I'm not, I know that sounds, but that is many of us. And listen, there's a reason for that detachment. And it's because you have to plant seeds of connection. And it's, it it means growth. It's not going to feel good. God, I hate being the only person that I know in a room. Well, let's change that baby. Let's change that. Let's get you out of you. Let's Let's begin to plant seeds. Maybe, um, maybe if you're struggling with loneliness or you don't have any friends, maybe God is calling you this. Maybe God wants to send you as a missionary into your situation so you won't reap necessarily a friendship, but you will plant a friendship in somebody that you are the answer to their prayer. You want to have better friends, become a better friend. You want to have greater connection with people, become a connector. This is, pl- this is a kingdom principle. Why is my workplace so dark? Because you're blending in instead of lighting it up. Plant a seed, my friend. Right? Well, I don't, I don't like how controlling God feels. I don't like God constantly calling me out of, of my comfort zone. Like, why can't people come to me? Because, because God sends us out. That's why. It's a kingdom principle. He sends us out. I, I, I don't like how, how controlling God feels, though. I, I heard a, a quote from a, a pastor that I love uh, this week that says, God telling you how things work best is not controlling, right? And I would add to that, it's kind. This is, God made you, designed you, fashioned you, and made this whole world work together, and he knows how, how to drive, how to pilot what he's built, and, and you, you saying, hey, I should write the owner's manual. Hey, I should, I should be able to decide how I connect based on my Enneagram. No, no. Yet God does. And what happens, we have to start being okay with saying, God, you, my life is not my own. My a life was my own in the, the kingdom of darkness but now I've been adopted into the kingdom of light. And in the kingdom of light, there is a king of light named Jesus. And he gets to tell me how I'm supposed to do life. He designed it that way. And that's, that matter was supposed to be settled at, at conversion. I didn't build me. I didn't design me. Jesus did. 
He gets to tell me how I live. It's, he wants to be the Lord of your life. He knows how life works, and he wants what's best for you, a harvest in your future. A kingdom, a kingdom principles have to stop being resisted and fought against. Made it excuse, here's why I'm not doing that. Things are tight. Didn't Jesus say, seed, harvest? Didn't Jesus say, give freely, grow richer, withhold, suffer want? Is that not what the Bible says? It's clear as light. Is that not what the Bible says? See, many of us know this. Many of us know this, but few of us act on this. I think in a New Te- uh, Testament sense, um, you know, uh, the, the concept of tithing um, has been basically had Holy Spirit adrenaline shot into it. Because in the Old Testament is tenth, and New Testament it's be generous. God's like, I'm taking the cap off of ten percent, and now what I'm calling you to is a generosity that makes darkness tremble. Now what I'm calling you to is, is a generosity that shows your family and your own heart where your treasure actually is. You see this? See this? God is able to make all grace abound to you, verse 8 says, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And specifically, he said, the, the, the work of generosity, I'm calling you to it. I'm taking the lid off. I'm calling you to a new and better principle. I put others first, and I get blessed. The greater blessing is not in, in making myself the center of my universe and wrapping my arms just around me and my own, but the greater blessing comes in opening my arms to the poor, opening my arms to the down, giving, giving. You may be tight. You may be able to give $5. Give $5 and watch it turn, watch it turn to a righteous fruit in your hands for the kingdom. See, the context of, I, I know I've said this, but the context of 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7 is, is a financial gift. Like, uh, Paul is literally telling the church, hey, I'm sending somebody to collect a massive gift from you. Don't embarrass me by having a small one when they arrive. Be prepared for it. Wow. <laughs> Sounds controlling. No. Look, Paul says, I- I'm, I'm after what blesses you the most. I want my kids, spiritually speaking, to operate in great future blessings. So give big Paul is saying, he, he's basically asking, here's what Paul was saying to, to the church when he's saying the point is, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. It's, it's, it's like this picture, you have, you have, if you have two handfuls of grain and you scatter all of it, it's, it's a bigger crop than you have two seeds and you scatter those. The two seeds won't outproduce the 2,000. So Paul is asking, as he's saying, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. He's, at, he's, he's basically asking this, what kind of harvest do you want with your life? What kind of harvest do you want? Do you want a, a, a grand harvest or do you want a, a, a small ones? Well, if you want a small harvest, a few seeds are fine. But if you want a, a harvest that is going to bring 
maximum glory to God with your life. You want to have a, a harvest in your future, all, a relational harvest and uh, all kinds of harvest, then, then Paul is saying, be generous. The point is, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one, it goes on to say, each one must give as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Sometimes the, the Old Testament version of this, it being the tenth, Sometimes that is the safest place for some of us. Some of us are so blessed that a tenth, we don't even feel a tenth. We don't feel a tenth. I think God's calling us to, to deeper days where we say, you know what? I can sow more. I can sow more. I, I know God loves a cheerful giver. It's interesting that God is not after an amount here. He's not doing math with this. He's after generosity and the generosity of your heart, the kind of generosity that says, I throw my worldly stuff to the wind. Use it, God. You are my trust, not my funds. And it's interesting that I'm going I'm to speak on this in, in weeks to come, but it's interesting that, that when Jesus asks people who love money, choose this day who you're going to serve, either God or mammon. Mammon was a false deity. So when we're worrying about finances, we're bowing to a false idol. And when we trust God with our finances, we're, we're trusting God as our supreme treasure. The word cheerful here, this says, you know, God doesn't say how much, He just says, be generous. Just be generous. And the word cheerful says how we're supposed to give. The attitude of a heart that we're supposed to have. He says, I don't want you to give reluctantly. Like, man, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. The Bible says I've got to do this. So I guess I have to do it. That's like, listen, that, that's not obedience if, if your heart's not in it. If you're doing it just because you don't know that God's a good father and you think that he's going to spank you or something. You know, if you don't do this, then fine. You know, God doesn't want that half-hearted obedience anymore. He wants people that know what it is to be a cheerful giver, not under compulsion, not reluctantly, but faithfully, cheerfully. The word, this word cheerful is actually hilarion. And that's the word, uh, that's where we get the word hilarious. So I get this picture of like, literally when we're giving, God wants us to be silly laughing about it. Oh, hey, there are important ways with, in one season of my life, would have tempted me to be my God. And now I'm laughing as it leaves. <laughs> I'm laughing as I'm saying sayonara to this. I, this, I, I am hilariously giving. It's comical to me that money at one time was my trust. It's comical. How silly. How small. How worldly. When I was in the kingdom of darkness, it made sense. But now King Jesus has taken residence of my heart and is my trust. So I can laugh as I give. Generosity happens when we, when we laugh at the false promises of money and start operating the kingdom principle of sowing and reaping. What kind of harvest do you want? That's the question. I already said this, but I, I said that, I want to say it again, that finances are a wonderful tool, horrible treasure. Whoever trusts in riches will fall. Man, God is not mocked, correct? Didn't we just read that somewhere today? 
God is not mocked. And this is a truth that God wants us to know. Whoever trusts in riches will fall. Fall. If money is a greater treasure than Jesus, then there's, instead of a future harvest, there's going to be a future falling. And even in that future falling, maybe you're at that place where you have fallen. Man, God is that good that he chases you down and he lifts you up from the ashes. And he says, let's start over, my friend. Let's do this new. Do you know that, that God is so good? He's such a good father that he wants you to have a harvest. He, he's, in fact, 2 Corinthians 9, 10 says, he who supplies seed to the sower and breadful food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Here's what this means. You don't have to go buy your own seed. The Father gives you the seed that he wants you to plant. And now, well, he gives you the seed for sowing. Do you see? Let me read it again. <laughs> Let me read this. I think you missed that. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply, multiply your seed for sowing. So God's not acting, uh, asking us to do something in our own strength. He's saying, here, here, seed, 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 kind words, finances, a paycheck, family, neighbors, seed, 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 seed. Plant it. Plant it. Plant the seed. If we're going to operate in the biblical understanding of sowing and reaping, finances must be dethroned and God must get back on. This is plant the seed. God wants you to have a, a harvest. Like I get a picture of this, that, that when this says that God is the one who supplies the seed, it's like... Um, it's like when, uh, when my kids are shoot, were really little and shooting hoops, and they were so small that even with the kid-sized ball, they could only throw the ball about halfway up there. And so I would literally take them and lift them to the sky. <laughs> they usually still miss, uh, but I lift them up. Uh, and so I, I want to hold you up. I, I want to take away every obstacle in your way. I want you to succeed. This, God, this is what God is doing. He, he wants us to see, he wants us to, to, to succeed. He wants us to operate in this. So, so I would say this, friends, I would say maybe I want to speak to some of you who've been, who have been planting and planting and planting and your harvest time still hasn't come. Um, and it, like I said, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's with your kids, maybe it is in your finances, maybe it's uh, something at work related, maybe it's something, some type of harvest has not come, though you've been planting, I would say, don't give up, keep planting, keep planting. And, and to, to some others, your life, and you know it, has been wrapped around yourself and it's very small. And you can actually feel your, wor your world getting smaller as you are thrust into your future. And I would say start planting. Some of us don't stop planting, don't give up. God is not mocked, you will receive a harvest. But some of us actually need to start planting. And we need to start seeing every time we open our eyes in the morning and as Jesus is the first whisperer with our breath. And as we say, Holy Spirit, like I'm just yours today, lead me and guide me, that we actually see that our, our life is dangerous to darkness. And we actually see every day is a day to plant a seed. I'm going to say kind words. I'm going to speak blessing. And I'm going to be, uh, I, I'm going to be generous. This is why, for the most part, if you, uh, if you get in line behind me at Starbucks, I haven't been to Starbucks quite as much lately, um, because I can't have half and half because I'm eating really strict. 
all right? 16 pounds in two weeks, all right? Yes. So, but, uh, but, so, but when I go back to Starbucks, it's just not my Starbucks season, amen, right? So, uh, but when I go back to Starbucks, like I always, I don't care if there's a Mercedes behind me or a seven-year-old on a bike. I pay for the person behind me. Uh, Bennett was with me one time, and we paid for the people behind us, and then we just stopped, and we just prayed blessing over them. God, we don't know these people. We don't know what their situation is. We pray blessing over them, blessing over them. Listen, I want to be the heart of the Father to my community. I do want to do that, but I also want to plant seeds because I want harvest. That's what farmers do. It's not wrong. I'm planting seeds everywhere, right? Plant seeds. Um, When... uh, when we were at the Compassion Project, buying, why would you buy a $30 turkey and give it away to strangers? Because these turkeys are seeds. And you are going to be reminded, it's, it's going to be like a, a, a mile marker in your family. Hey, mom, remember that one Thanksgiving that we didn't have anything to eat and we cried and we prayed and we said, if there is a God, and there is a God because a turkey showed up, mom. Do you remember that? That's a seed that's going to produce kingdom fruit, but it's not going to if our number one priority is hoarding. Give it. Give it away. God wants you to have a great harvest. That's why, let me get really personal with you. That's why I'm investing in the building project here because I want to see a building go up, but more than that, I, I want a part of the fruit that comes out of thousands of people being blessed on the hill. And and in fact, I wanna speak this. We have the rare opportunity in history to be the ones privileged, privileged church with and entrusted with the seeding of this facility. I wanna plant seeds. I wanna see there's already fruit being produced and we don't even have walls. There's already people being wrecked. We don't have walls. I'm so, what can a, if a homeless family can operate like this, what can a family do that treasures Jesus and uses a facility as a tool? What, what, my, I, I want a part of the action. I want to, I want a part, I want to be able to say to my kids, hey kids, remember we gave such and such amount, whatever was on our heart to generously give and sow? Like, look at the fruit. We were a part of that generation. We get the honor of doing this. We're the most blessed people in the history of Providence because of the season that we're living in right now. We get to plant seeds. We have opportunity. Listen, guys, let, let um, stinginess and fear and whatever. I'm not saying that you're, that you're listen. I, I, I just, I, I pray against a... Uh, a heart posture that would be offended by what I'm saying instead of receptive. I'm not saying you're, you're, you're stingy because you didn't give to the building project. I do know that 40% of us have given. I just think that I want you to be blessed and, I, I, and I, I'm, I'm just saying you, you should give. I think it'd be great for you. The Bible says, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers one. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be waters. Listen, whoever trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. This I want to be my life. My life. And so I'm tossing it out there today. And I'm saying, church, 
Like whether you're planting seeds at Starbucks, whether you are actually having eyes for people when you're at the grocery store and you're, you're going to them and you're praying for them and you're just encouraging them. I'm, I'm encouraging you and I'm commissioning you to be spiritual farmers who plant seeds and trust God for a harvest that's gonna blow your mind. This is what the Bible says. And I wanna live by this and I wanna be stretched by this and I wanna be challenged by this and I wanna grapple with this until it gets in my soul. Right? All right. Wow. Well, you know what I'm going to do this morning? I, I'm just going to trust that God is doing good things in you um, and that the reason for your quietness is just because God's taking you deep. That's the posture of my attitude this morning, right? God's taking you deep. God's working on things. When, when God reveals to us chains that we never knew we had, that's called spiritual growth, right? And so I'm in the season of my life where I'm like, God, I don't care how ugly it gets. I don't want chains in the land of the free. If Jesus died for my freedom, I'm sick. Why would I live bound? And if I'm bound in any area in this, whether it's sowing and reaping, whether it's bitterness and frustration, whether it's anger and pride, I want chains gone. Amen? Amen? do, do Do you want chains gone, right? All right. So, so just even as you're sitting there, if you just want to put your hands up and just uh, receiving posture. Um, Heavenly Father, I just pray that we would receive just, a, uh, just a, a kindness from you, a faith kindness, a grace kindness, a kindness on us that, that alerts us to uh, beliefs that aren't of your kingdom. We want to operate along with your heart. God, we want to be the land of the free. Uh, we want to be people that operate in generosity just as a way of life. God, we, we want to we say that our harvest of righteousness is going to be great because you are that. And you're a good dad and you bless and you provide and you care for us, God. I, I pray for uh, those of us who have had an orphan mentality when it comes to finances. Like, we're fine. We're fine being a son and a daughter over here. But when it comes to finances, we, we feel like we've got to do this on our own. I just pray that this will be a morning, God, where that breaks off and that our finances come into the kingdom. And we say, hey, Dad, I'm not the owner, I'm the steward. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do, God? So I just pray that into us, and I pray that we would rejoice over this. I, I, I thank you, God, that you're setting us up for success, that you're literally giving us the seed that you're calling us to plant. Striving's gone future, secure. God is not mocked. He's a good father. We are are expectant as we walk into the future, excited about what you're going to do in this region, in our families, in our own lives as individuals, and in the world, God. We say, we're yours. You've got the green light to come and use us however you will. We bless you, Father. We trust you, Father. We renounce secondary loves, and we say our heart is reserved for one. King Jesus. King Jesus. God will bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places, life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven to earthly places.